So today we're, we're going to look at the book of Colossians, chapter 1, specifically from verse 1 to 23. In the tradition that our pastor has set, we're going to read through the verses, all the verses. And it looks like the New Testament um, verses are a little bit longer than the Old Testament verses. I guess it's because they are letters. For now. We're going to read from the Passion Translation. It's a translation I've been enjoying um, lately. So we're going to, let's just read together from verse 1. Dear friends in Colossae, my name is Paul, and I have been chosen by Jesus Christ to be his apostle, by the calling and destined purpose of God. My colleague Timothy and I send this letter to all the holy believers who have been united to Jesus as believed, beloved followers of the Messiah. May God, our true Father, release upon your lives the riches of his kind favor and heavenly peace through the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Every time we pray for you, our hearts overflow with thanksgiving to Father God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your devoted lives of faith in Christ Jesus and your tender love towards all his holy believers. Your faith and love arise within you as you assess all the treasures of your inheritance stored up in the heavenly realm. For the revelation of the true gospel is as real today as the day you first heard of our glorious hope, now that you have believed in the truth of the gospel. This is the wonderful message that is being spread everywhere, powerfully changing hearts throughout the earth, just like it has changed you. Every believer of this good news bears the fruit of eternal life as they experience the reality of God's grace. Our beloved co-worker Epaphras was there from the beginning to thoroughly teach you the astonishing revelation of the gospel, and he serves you faithfully as Christ's representative. He has informed us of the many wonderful ways love is being demonstrated through your lives by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Since we first heard about you, We've kept you always in our prayers that you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your lives, making you reservoirs of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding. We pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing you do. Then you'll become fruit-bearing branches, yielding to his life and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. And we pray that you will be energized with all his explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory, filling you with great hope. Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. Verse 13, and this is our key verse. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son, all our sins are canceled, and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. He, Christ, is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God, and the firstborn heir of all creation. For in him was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth, and all that is seen, and all that is unseen, every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority, it all exists through him and for his purpose. He is exalted before anything was made, or he existed, sorry, before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in him. 
He is the head of his body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwell in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and on earth is brought back to himself, back to his original intent, restored to innocence again. Even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you will dwell in his presence. And the last verse, which is pretty exciting. And now there is, let's read that together. And now there is nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as holy flawless and restored if indeed you continue to advance in faith assured of a firm foundation to grow upon never be shaken from the hope of the gospel you have believed in and this is the glorious news i preach all over the world amen i just have a quick prayer precious god thank you for your word thank you for the promises in it i ask lord that you will just confirm your word this morning in our hearts and our lives in jesus name Amen. So, um, the key verse is verse th that I'm, I'm focusing on is verse 13, and we'll come back to that. Um, it talks about one of the things Christ has done for us. But our, our topic today is, our Messiah frees us from spiritual tyranny. Our Messiah frees us from spiritual tyranny. Now, if you look at Colossians, Colossians is, um, is focused on showing how Christ is bigger than anything we can find on this earth, bigger than any government, bigger than any, you know, world system, bigger than any demonic system. Like, he is it. He is the big deal that God has set. And so um, the author takes time to really describe the supremacy, the preeminence of Christ. So Jesus, who we serve, he's more than gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Um, we are the ones that kind of, you know, um, can, you know, lay on his laps, you know, um, interact with him as the, the, the shepherd, the lamb of God. But demons don't dare come near him. I mean, they, they, they try to get as far away from him as possible because he is the authority that God has set in place. He is authority. Um, if you remember when um, some funny Jews went to um, copy, you know, they wanted to copy Paul. They saw Paul casting out demons, and they're like, oh, let's go try this out. So they went to this guy, um, and they were like, hey, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches, come out. And we know what happened. The demons said, well, we know Jesus. We know Paul. Eh, but we don't know you. And they jumped on him, beat him up, tore off his clothes, and he ran out. You know, they, they, all, not even one person. They're like they're brothers. They ran out screaming. Okay, so the, 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 in the spirit world, Jesus is well known. There's no argument. They know his authority. They know his place. And they're scared of him. They tremble, as it says in, in, um, in, in the book of James. Praise the Lord. So that is who our Messiah is. Our Messiah, yes, he was a lamb that was slain, but he has risen. He's a king, and he's in charge of everything. No matter what happens, he's in charge. Praise the Lord. And so... Um, the apostle prays that God will open the spiritual eyes of his people so that they will understand what God has done for them, who God is. 
And um, there are many benefits to understanding, to have your eyes open and your heart open to what God has done for you. There are many benefits. Um, one of them that is mentioned there is that you, it, it gives you an, an, an empowerment to endure, to endure trials, to endure tribulations. Um, but the one benefit I want to focus on is in verse 13. It says, Christ has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son, all our sins are canceled and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. Amen. When I was going through this, this chapter, the phrase that jumped out of me, at, at me was in verse 13 where he says, he has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness. That just, you know, ministered to me. And, you know, I think about what's going on in, in the Ukraine right now. How many of you agree that there is a tyrant that is, you know, stepping across his boundaries and going to bully another country? Okay? Um, just so you know, that's how our spiritual enemy is. Satan is a bully. Satan is a tyrant. And... That is how he has been, you know, since he fell. Amen. And before Jesus came to rescue us from his rule, all mankind was in one shape or the other under his tyrannical rule. Under his tyrannical rule. And we, when you hear the word tyranny, you hear the word terror. Terror. The devil likes to terrorize people. He likes to intimidate people. He likes to make us scared. That's what bullies do. Amen. But I'm glad that the scripture says that Christ has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness. He has rescued us completely from the bully called Satan and his demons. And the point in there is that because you have been rescued, and I will show you why you've been rescued, you don't have to take any terror, any harassment, any intimidation from the devil. You don't have to take it. Amen. That is the point of the message. You don't have to take anything that the devil wants to put on you. You don't have to. There is a, a sign that should be at the front of your life that says, no trespassing. There should be a sign that says, no trespassing. And so why, why am I emphasizing this point? I'm emphasizing this because... The nature of a tyrant and a bully is that even though they know that you have your rights and they have their own boundaries, they don't respect the rules. They'll try to get away with as much as they can. After all, the president of Russia, he knows that Ukraine is an independent country. There is an international order. Everybody minds their own business. But he just felt like maybe this is the time to try and push the boundaries and see how far I can get away with. Now, he thought in three days it would take the country, but I guess it's taking longer than he, he thought. But, yeah, he, he just, you know, wanted to test, try the rules. Amen. And see if he's going to get any pushback. And he, of course, he wasn't expecting that much pushback. So he was just going to, like, in three days, walk over and declare some, something new. That is how bullies behave. That is how the devil behaves. He doesn't respect your boundaries. He will eat your lunch if you let him and ask for the dessert. 
That's the devil for you. Okay? But, okay, I'm still setting this up. So some of you will ask, oh, man, John, why are you trying to scare us, you know? Why are you trying to make, you know, us sound as if we're in a battle and we have to be on guard and all that stuff? Well, another thing about this bully called Satan is that he's pretty blasphemous, outlandish, okay? He is bent on destruction in any way he can get it, okay? And we're going to read a passage now in Revelation to show you that this devil, he's so brazen, (laughs) he's so brazen that I will show you some of the people he has picked fights with so that you know that if he can pick fights with these people, he's definitely going to pick fight with you. (laughs) Amen. So let's look at um, Revelation chapter 12. I'll just take a few verses. Now look at Let's read together. Verse 7. Then a terrible war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the great dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back. But the dragon did not have the power to win, and they could not regain their place in heaven. So the great dragon was thrown down once and for all. He was the serpent, the ancient snake called the devil, and Satan who deceives the whole earth. What's the point here? If Satan was willing to fight God, (laughs) if he was going to take his chance at fighting God in heaven, come on, what do you think he's going to do on earth? He's going to fight anything he can, okay? So this is a dangerous being. And I think it says um, somewhere down there that he was cast down to the earth, and he's, he's full of rage, and he's going to try and attack the people of God until his time runs out, okay? So that's what's at stake. That's what's at stake. There is an enemy who is a bully and who likes to destroy and is full of rage, And he had tried to fight even God, and now he's on the earth, and he is also looking to fight the people of God. In fact, anybody, he will fight anything, even his own kingdom, okay? All right, so that's what's at stake, is that even here in Christianburg, we are not immune to Satan and his demons. The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give life and life abundantly. Amen. Now, the gospel is good news. This story is going to end in a good way, okay? So don't be scared, okay? The point I'm trying to make here is that Christ was not irresponsible to leave us without defense against Satan. Christ was not irresponsible to leave us without defense against Satan. He knew that there was a devil. He knew he's wicked. He knew he comes to steal, kill, and destroy But guess what? He gave his church authority and the power of the Holy Spirit to defeat Satan every time. Amen. It doesn't matter how big the devil is. As a child of God, you have a law enforcement badge, and that is called the authority of Christ. And when you present that badge to the devil in the name of Jesus, means in the authority of Jesus, no matter how big he is, he must bow. He's not afraid of you. 
He's afraid of the person behind you. Because if he doesn't obey, he's going to get punished. He's going to get punished by the Lord. He's going to get punished by the Holy Spirit inside of you. That's why the Bible says, greater is he that is in you, which is the Holy Spirit, than he that is in the world, which is the devil. Amen. So today I'm going to show you, I'm going to share a couple um, practical ways how to check the devil at the door. How to keep him from trespassing into your life. Again, we said that if you give the devil opportunity, he will come in, he will take your lunch, ask for dessert, open your fridge, empty your freezer. He will just keep taking and taking and taking until you get on and say, wait a minute, no. Amen. I'm sure we've all lived long enough to know that when it rains, it tends to pour. <laughs> okay? That's how the devil operates. He comes like a flood. Amen. So we're going to look at what God has done to prepare us to win and to check the devil. Amen. So in, in Colossians 1 verse 13, it says that he has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness. We used to live as servants and slaves of Satan. He, he would yell at you, hey, keep quiet, and you'd be afraid. Hey, I'm going to make you sick, and you'd be afraid. Hey, I'm going to bring back to you all those calamities that happened your, to your forefathers, to your grandpa. It's going to happen to you, and you'll be scared. Hey, you're going to die tomorrow, and you'll be scared. Hey, you won't be able to make ends meet. I'm gonna, you, you won't have enough money, and you'll be scared. All kinds of things. And if, if, you, are, if you are living in somewhere like, um, in, like Af Africa, the, 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 the demons uh, and those that serve demons, they are more open. They're not as hidden over, as over here. Somebody will tell you, look, I'm going to deal with you. That church you are going to, I'm going to make sure that you know that G your Jesus doesn't have that much power. I'm going to frustrate your life. And, they will tell, and if you don't do anything about it, if you don't pray, what they said is going to happen. They will, they will use charms, spells, they will cast all kinds of things on you. It's amazing, you know. But thank God that at least here we haven't come to that point yet. But it's still the same principle. The devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He will do it openly if he has to. Otherwise, he will do it sneakily. Amen. But the Bible says that Christ has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness. So what that means is that maybe before he, he was able to terrorize you. Maybe before it was, um, he, he, you know, he had the, the right to. But not anymore. Somebody say not anymore. Not anymore. He doesn't have the right to terrorize you anymore. Um, but the thing is that if you don't know this, the devil will tell you that, look, this is just part of life, you know. As long as you're on this earth, you know, people go through hard things, you know, people experience loss, people experience attack. I mean, just, just deal with it, you know. After all, you're going to go to heaven, so why don't you just suffer your way through? No. There, there's a difference between, you know, normal challenges, trials that we go through, and then attacks of the devil. There, there's a difference. And sometimes it takes wisdom to know what, okay, is this the devil attacking me? Or God, are you trying to train me to a particular process? So you have to pray and discern. But I can tell you that our God is a good God. And he gives his children good gifts. Most of the challenges we face in our lives are attacked by the devil. Most of them. And my encouragement is that by default, anything in your life that you don't like, address it first as a spiritual attack. And then if it's not a spiritual attack, you know, you let it be. Let God, you know, work his thing out. But I will tell you, you'll be surprised how most of the challenges that you experience are a spiritual attack. They're not from God. Okay? 
So make up your mind that if you're a child of God, you have been rescued completely from the jurisdiction, the tyranny of the devil. You are rescued completely. You don't, Satan doesn't have any relationship with you anymore. He'll try and tell you that, look, it's okay, you know, you know, it's okay, this is how life is. No, that's not how life is. God wants you to live in peace, in confidence. He doesn't want you to be intimidated. He doesn't want you to be addicted to anything. He doesn't want you to be scared by demons in your dreams. No. That is the fundamental point. You have to say no. The Bible says, humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee. What happens if you don't resist? What happens if you just, like, you know, fold your hands? He will not go anywhere. He will keep taking from your life and taking from your life. So we have to resist. We have to resist. We have to resist. And it says resist him to the point that he flees. So he's not just saying, hey, devil, can you please leave me now? I don't want you right now. No. To, to flee means he takes off. It means he runs for his life. He runs because he's been terrorized by you. That's what it means to resist to the point of him fleeing. Amen. So I'm trying to stir you up. I'm trying to rile you up to have the mindset of a warrior. To have the mindset of an American football player that doesn't take, you know, doesn't allow anyone to cross him. Okay? Yes. Having an aggressive mindset is allowed in the kingdom of God. Because in this kingdom, we are in a battle. We're in a battle. Praise the Lord. But God has given us a victory, and we're, and we're looking at how to walk in that victory. Amen. So, one of the things that you ask yourself is, okay, how come I am completely free from Satan's rule? Look at it in verse 14. For in the Son, all our sins are canceled, and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. The point there is that Jesus paid for our freedom with his blood. He paid with his blood. That is the weapon. That is the, the evidence, the receipt you can show the devil when it comes to your life. He said, look, I've been paid for. I've been paid for. You cannot double dip. You can't do to me what you used to do when I was under you now that I'm under Christ. It's illegal. It's illegal. I've been paid for. Christ did not die for nothing. He paid with his blood and brought me out of your kingdom. So you cannot cross over to this kingdom and try and intimidate me and, and, and harass me the way you used to harass me when I was on the other side. That is the victory. That is the reason why we've been set free from his rule and we must stand for our freedom. Praise the Lord. And so looking at the, um, continuing in Revelation, we, look, we see three strategies that the saints um, used to overcome the enemy. It says, he was cast down into the earth and his angels along with him. Verse 10, then I heard a triumphant voice in heaven proclaiming, now salvation and power are set in place and the kingdom reign of our God and the ruling authority of his anointed one are established. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who relentlessly accused them day and night before our God has now been defeated cast out once and for all. Then verse 11. They conquered him completely through the blood of the lamb, number one, and the powerful word of his testimony, number two, and they triumphed because they did not love and cling to their own lives, even when faced with death, number three strategy. Amen. So let's take from, from the beginning. Number one, they conquered him completely through the blood of the lamb. In Colossians 1, we saw that Christ redeemed us from the tyrannical rule of the enemy with his blood by paying for our sin death 
with his blood. How do you overcome the devil? One, with the blood of the lamb. With the blood of the lamb. When Satan comes against you, you say, I, I resist you with the blood of Jesus. I resist you with the blood of Jesus. Is there sickness in your body? You rebuke the sickness and say, sickness, in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus, you must leave. You're not accepted. You will not couch in my life. You will not stay here. If you have a, a family member that is harassed mentally, you lay hands on them and say, in the name of Jesus and by the power of the blood of Jesus, be free. If you see patterns in your life that are negative, maybe patterns that were generational, and you're like, that were negative, you're like, wow, I don't want this to continue my life. I don't want it to continue my children. You say, by the blood of Jesus, this negative pattern, stop. This negative pattern, stop. By the blood of Jesus, I've been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. I've been removed from the um, control of darkness, and I'm now in the kingdom of light. In this kingdom, that negative pattern is not allowed. It, will, it, it must stop in my lifetime, and it must not continue to my children. I break this negative pattern with the blood of Jesus. That's how you apply the blood of Jesus. Amen. Because the enemy is going to ask you, on what basis do you think that you are exempt from this terror that I'm, I'm, I'm executing? And you tell him, you show him the blood of Jesus. Amen. A second um, tool, weapon that we have is the word of God. The word of God. When Satan came to attack Jesus um, in, in the mountain after his fasting, Satan was clever. He brought the word of God and told Jesus, hey, if you're the son of God, you know, turn these stones to bread. What did Jesus reply with? Jesus replied with the word of God. He also said, it is also written. And then Satan brought another temptation. Jesus said, it is written. And he brought a third um, temptation. Jesus also said, it is written. And what does he say in Galatians chapter um, no, Ephesians chapter 6, he says, when he says the armor of God, he says, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. So when you declare the word of God in your mouth, it's like piercing the enemy with the sword in the spirit. It's like piercing him. And to tell you the logic of why the word of God works, the devil, there are rules that he doesn't, that, you know, that he, you know, he, he, he ignores. And he tests, but the, 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 the kingdom order, he plays by God's rule. He doesn't go, he doesn't violate God's rule. Especially God's word. Amen. So when you bring the word of God to the devil, like a lawyer, you quote the word of God, he has to back down. Especially if he believes that you, you believe what you're saying. He will back down. Because he knows that if he breaks it, you've already brought the word of God, and that means you've committed God to the situation. And so God must defend his word. So, and the devil doesn't want to pick a fight with God anymore. So he's just going to back off. Okay? So the word of God, how do you use the word of God when you're under attack? Let me use an example. A popular one is sickness. This is one I normally use when I, you know, when I feel sickness coming on me. Um, it says in, in Psalms, I have to find the scripture. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who heals all your sicknesses and all your diseases? Okay? So the word of God shows us that God heals all our sicknesses and diseases and is one of the benefits of, of God. Okay? Um, Jesus said... As you go out, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. Okay? So Jesus wants us to use his name and his authority to heal the sick. So I'm definitely going to be a candidate for healing. Okay? And there are many other scriptures about that. Amen. Um, so find the scriptures that what, what God has said about your condition. 
find what he can say about your condition and use it as armor against the enemy and keep speaking it and say, no, I'm not going to take this because God's word said this. I'm not going to take this because God's word said this. Jesus did not tell Satan, look, I'm the son of God. Why should I listen to you? No. He could have said that, but he wanted, I'm sure he wanted to teach us something. So he used the scripture to reply to the enemy. So if the enemy is attacking you anyway, use the scripture. Use the scripture. If you're going through like confu- confusion in your thoughts and, and, and depression, the Bible says in, I believe it's in, in 2 Timothy, it says, um, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of sound mind. Sound mind. So you say, look, confusion is not from God. I'm not going to take this. The Bible says God has given me sound mind. And also the scripture said, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is set on you. So God wants me to be in perfect peace. So I'm not going to take this depression. I'm not going to take this anxiety attack. I'm not going to take this panic attack. You must go in Jesus' name. That's how you use the word of God to fight against the enemy. Amen. So use the blood to remind that, look, he's trespassing on your territory, that you don't belong to him, and so he should go back. You also use the word of God, you know, if you need to, to show him what God has said about your condition and why he should back off. And then thirdly, this is another interesting one. It it affects all two. It's confidence, courage. He says they did not love and cling to their own lives even when they faced with death. Some translation says, and they did not fear. They did not fear. How many times in scripture does Jesus say, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not? So many times. But what is the number one message that a bully brings when he, when he encounters someone? Be afraid. Oh, be scared. I'm going to hit you. Be afraid. Be afraid. Close up. Shrink back. That's the word of a bully. And that's the first thing a bully usually sends out to see if you're going to, you know, move back and shrink back. That's what the devil does. When he wants to attack you, he first sends fear to try and paralyze you. And when you're afraid, you can come in some more. So you need to have faith. You need to have courage. You need to stand and say, you know what? No matter the pictures you're showing me, devil, that's not how I'm going to end up. I'm going to end up well. I'm going to end up good. I'm going to end up honorable. I am not going down. I'm going up. Amen. And you speak it to him. And you're like, man, where did that come from? You used to always like back off, you know? And you tell him with boldness. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. Amen. So when you apply the blood of Jesus to the devil, do it in boldness. When you apply the word of God to the devil, use it in boldness. When you apply the name of Jesus, do it in boldness, in confidence. And it says, they did not fear even unto death. I'm at the point right now where even if I see Satan himself standing in front of me, I'm going to tackle him. I'm going to go for him. I don't fear. I, because I know, first of all, he's in the wrong. He crossed the boundaries and came to my side. Okay? And then secondly, I have authority. I have the name of Jesus. I have the blood of Jesus. I have the Holy Spirit. I mean, I have so much more going for me. So I, am, I can't wait to just pounce on him and just begin to knock and knock and punch and punch and punch. And, you know, even if I, I mean, I'm not, you know, like the, the um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, we are not, we're not going to bow down to image because we know our God will rescue us. But even if he doesn't rescue us today, for some reason, we're not going to bow. <laughs> that is the stance that we're supposed to have against the devil. I am not giving in to you. You will not eat my lunch. I will not let up on you. You must leave. I will engage you. I will fight you. I'm going to make it hurt. And, you know, 
I'm just not going to change my mind. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that there was that in the, when he was calling the hall of faith, he said, some of these people, they obtained the object of their faith while they were living. Some of them didn't. Some of them died and they were still commended in heaven for their faith, their perseverance, and their confidence in the word of God. They didn't give up. They didn't back down. Praise the Lord. And they were rewarded for it. So we are called to be bold, to be courageous, to have faith, to stand on God's word. In Galatians, in Ephesians, it says about the, about the um, weapons of warfare. Um, this is good. I should read that to you. Um, but it says, after you've put on the weapons and you have fought, it says, after you've done all that, keep standing. Keep standing. Amen. So you are the one that will be standing. The enemy is the one that will fall. He's the one that will run away. Amen. So make up your mind. That, yes, there's an evil enemy. He's a bully. He's a tyrant. He wants to destroy my life. He wants to destroy my family members. He wants to destroy my city. But guess what? Jesus has rescued me from his tyrannical rule. And Jesus has given me authority to enforce my freedom. Amen. And I'm just talking about your personal maintenance. This is about your own life right now. Okay, your destiny. How to clean up your life and, and be free. Okay, once you become good at this, okay, the next level is that God wants to use you to set people free around you. Okay, so practice this as fast as you can so that you get it down. Okay, you can spot the devil and say, okay, no, that's you. I see what you're doing and I, I reject it in Jesus' name. Leave my life now in Jesus' name. Okay, by the blood of the lamb, I cancel your operation. I see what you're doing in my home. I cancel the operation by the blood of the lamb. In Jesus' name, be gone. And you practice that. You practice that. You quote the scripture. It is written, I shall not die, but live to um, declare the goodness of God in the land of living. It is written in Psalm chapter 91, because he has loved me, I will set him on high, and I will satisfy him with long life. So long life is actually something that God gives as a reward to those who love him. So if the devil is telling you, no, no, you, you, know, you, 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 know, you, 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 you know, you might not live as long as, you know, other people, and that's okay, you know. You, 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 know, you, you, you just have one year to live, and, um, you know, it's all right. You, you go and be with the Lord. You know, he's, he loves you nonetheless. You tell him, no, no. God wants me to live a long life. God wants me to be a blessing to people around me. It is not God's will to cut my life short prematurely. I will not take that. Amen. And so premature death, you must go in Jesus' name. I reject you in Jesus' name. I resist you in Jesus' name. And you keep doing that and the devil is like, man, this is not as comfortable as I thought. And he's going to back off. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. Resist the devil and he will flee. Praise the Lord. And sometimes, you know, you might need to just join faith with one of your brothers and sisters when you, you, you maybe you've been, you've been battle weary and, and call on people to pray along with you. But this is, the, this is the mindset to have against the devil. He is a bully and he will not back down if you don't put your foot down. He will not back down. So clean out your life. Check, look into your life, all the areas that you're like, huh, I don't like that, I don't like that, I don't like that. Um, and let's, let's begin to do something about it. Use the strategy of the blood of Jesus. Use the word of God. Use your faith and courage. Use the name of Jesus. Invite the power of the Holy Spirit. 
not by might, not by power, but my spirit. Use all those weapons. Amen. I have some other weapons that I use, <laughs> but we'll talk about that later, you know. Uh, and just make the devil pay. Make your life so uncomfortable for the devil, and you will see results. You will see that things will begin to ease up a little bit, begin to ease up a little bit, and before you know it, they'll be all gone. Praise the Lord. And as you become good at, you know, maintaining your freedom, maintaining your territory, God is going to give you opportunities to help other people in your family to get free. You know, praise the Lord. That is how it works. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we give God thanks. We give God thanks. He's a good God. Let's just say a quick prayer right now.